The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, March 26th, and it is a emergency podcast because all hell broke loose on Friday just after lunchtime on the East Coast when multiple picks involving uh, multiple top 10 picks and multiple top 15 picks were swapped around like crazy with people ping-ponging all over the draft, dramatically changing all your mock drafts, ruining Ryan Wilson's afternoon and possibly his evening. And uh, actually, I guarantee you ruins his afternoon because he's got to come back on here and podcast with me, and so does Josh Edwards. What's up, fellas? Yeah, no, this is actually exciting. Like, it's I, something- I love that. I, I live for this. I love it. Well, Josh and I have been, this is mock draft. Next week will be mock draft 30 for us, literally 30 yeah. weeks of mock draft. So anything different, it's been the Groundhog Day for, uh, what's that? How many, six, almost six months it feels like. So this yeah. is bonkers. So not only did one trade happen, I was actually on HQ to talk about the Dolphins trade. And then, well, here, well, let's, here, let's, uh, oh, let's, you didn't say, get the let's say hello to Josh, and then we'll give out the details of it. Josh, what's up, buddy? Not too much. Yeah, the last podcast we did, I was, uh, you know, it's when actually, we ju- it's it's actually the next podcast. Well, we'll okay, so the next podcast. But when I jumped on, I was so excited because we're talking about all these draft scenarios and it's starting to feel real. Yes. And then we get hit with this emergency news, and you know, now draft season has arrived. We're through free agency, so there's no longer any time to be spent on free agency. It's draft season now. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, This makes it feel like the draft is here. And here's the first trade that unfolded. The San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, made a bold move to fly up the draft board, and they gave up the number three overall – excuse me, they gave up the number number 12 overall pick. Take a deep breath. I had written this all down, and Debo changed it on me. The um, the, 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 40, the 49ers get, what a jerk. the 49ers get the number three overall pick. The Miami Dolphins, in exchange, get the number twelve overall pick, a twenty twenty two third rounder, and a first round pick in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. So the Miami Dolphins, after trading Larry Tunsil to the Houston Texans for. Uh, in exchange for two first round picks, take one of those first round picks and flip it for two more first round picks, but they weren't done. Then the dolphins trade up from 12 to number six in a swap with the Eagles in those deals. The Eagles get number 12, number 123, and a 2022 first rounder. And the dolphins get number six and 156 in 2021. Um, all told, the Dolphins for these multiple moves they made come away with number six overall, a 2022 third rounder, and a 2023 first rounder to drop down three spots. Um, it is hard not to uh, be impressed with what Miami did, Wilson. But the biggest story 
is that the 49ers now hold the number three overall pick, presumably where they will take a quarterback. Yeah, a little sneak peek. So uh, I've been asked to update my uh, mock draft, which doesn't come out usually till after the weekend on Monday. I'm going to have Mac Jones going number three overall, because as you pointed out on the last podcast, as Josh shakes his head, I'm not letting people jump on the Mac Jones train and kick me off as a conductor, which I, I see happening on Twitter. As we speak, you waited too long to play. You waited too long to plant your flag. You should have had him as the the best uh, best quarterback in this class above Trevor Lawrence. Is what you should have done. But uh, so yes, think peak. I think I'm going to have the 49ers taking him. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Yes, Justin Fields makes sense there. He makes a ton of sense. Trey Lance does make some sense. We talked on another podcast with Josh about uh, the lack of experience that, that Trey Lance has, but he checks every other box. But the takeaway is in 2012 when the then the football team called something else. Then traded up. They got RG three, and RG three excelled in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He was the OC at the time. His dad was the head coach. And Kyle, uh, excuse me, RG three isn't the player that um, Justin Fields is. I don't think he's going to be the player that Trey Lance has a has a chance to become. But he certainly had a better resume coming out of Baylor. And um, Mac Jones is a different type of player. But I think Mac Jones can have a ton of success in a Kyle Shanahan offense. To, oh, by the way, Kirk Cousins, that's a comp for Mac Jones if Kirk Cousins was more athletic. So mm. take that, Josh. What's your what's your response to that? Well, it's a really interesting trade, uh, especially from Miami's perspective, because now they essentially know that the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. Um, otherwise, San Francisco probably would have done a deal with their old pal Robert Sala at number two overall. Uh, to trade up and get a quarterback there. So essentially, we're being told that the Jets are going to take a quarterback. Um, then you have the fourth pick, which, which could also be a quarterback, and the fifth pick, which is the Bengals, who almost assuredly are going to take an offensive lineman at this point. So Miami is able to get some additional draft capital while moving back with little risk and probably still getting the guy that they would have taken at number three overall. Yeah, two two points on that, Josh, and that that's a great call. Um, one uh, one for I think winners here. The Dolphins win because they moved down three spots, and they they did an examination of the draft board. If they want a wide receiver or a tackle, they're probably getting one. You know, or if you say we we identify um, Lamar uh, we Chase uh, Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater as the one we want to get, we're going to take one of those three guys at number three. And then you're like, but if we trade down out of this third spot and let somebody else come up to take a quarterback, we're guaranteed one of those guys at six. If you can make that move back up, that's a great that's a great play. And so you positioned yourself well and you picked up an extra first rounder for doing it. So credit to Miami for doing that. I agree with you, though. The Bengals are a big winner here. They need offensive line help in the worst way. And now Panay Sula or Rashawn Slater are guaranteed to be there at number five for them. The Bengals are not a team that moves around much. Even if the Falcons take an offensive lineman there, they're getting one of those offensive linemen at five. That's a huge win for Cincinnati. On the thing about the 49ers, I would I would posit that, and, and you mentioned the possible trade with old pal Robert Sala. I, I would posit that at this point, before he made the trade, that Kyle Shanahan called Robert Sala or Mike LaFleur and had a chat, and without asking them to give away exactly what was happening, I was like, and hey, listen, man, we're thinking about making this move up to three. Are you guys, are you guys sticking with Darnold? Are you guys going, you know? And and so I think, and, I, and I'm assuming that they said, nah, we're, you know, we're probably taking Zach Wilson. Without being that direct, 
it's either that or Kyle Shanahan is so in love with Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, and it could be any one of the three. Hey, but it's worth noting. In the media, we've sold ourselves on Zach Wilson being the number two. We don't know what these teams are thinking. Zach Wilson may no. not be the number two. The Jets, we don't know what they're going to do. So maybe, and also, did you see the Ian Rappaport tweet? I did not. You may have mentioned it in Slack about how the Eagles wanted to move up to get Zach yeah, Wilson. Yeah, and then he clarified it. It was like like the he wasn't supposed to say anything publicly about it, and the Eagles got mad at him, basically. <laughs> but it's still, if, that's, if it's still the truth, so Zach Wilson, maybe they had some inkling that Zach Wilson might be there at three. So anyone, no, but no, Matt, no, they wanted to move up to three, but they were told it was only for Zach Wilson, and they were basically told you can't get Zach Wilson at three. So I think oh, every, I, I think the feelers are being put. I think I think the vibe is being put out by the Jets that they are taking Zach Wilson at two, and as such, San Francisco felt comfortable moving up to three, knowing that they will have their choice of one of the three remaining quarterbacks. And so let me ask you this then. Would it be worth betting on Zach Wilson at uh, minus 250 to be the number two overall pick? He is minus 400 at William Hill, but I see him at minus 250 and minus 263 in some places. What do you think, Josh? So here's something that's interesting to me, and it's the timing in all of this, because San Francisco and Miami agreed to this deal and minutes later, we have another deal between the Eagles and the Dolphins. So clearly, this had already been in the works for a while. Um, they had a choice when they were going to leak this, when this was going to be public information. And when does it come out? During Zach Wilson's pro day. I mean, we're seeing images of John Lynch giving high fives and smiling about the trade that is now public. I don't know. I mean, I still think Zach Wilson's the number two overall quarterback, but the timing of it is really interesting to me. Um, given what we saw play out on on uh, NFL Network not too long ago. Mm. So you're saying you would not bet Zach Wilson minus 250? Like, I mean, in other words, to, to win $100, you have to risk 250 That is a not insubstantial amount of juice. Now, the odds are it is a it is a better price in some spots than other places in the market. But, I mean, if you lose that, that's really, really expensive. Don't Don't lose. I still think Zach Wilson's going number two overall, but for the value, I would probably steer clear of that because you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, the, right. if the value were better, sure, you know, put a substantial amount on that uh, on Zach Wilson going number two overall. But to me, it's just not enough value for me to take that that risk. Okay, Fair and enough. now I also wonder if if we're done trading, at least in like uh, the top ten picks, because the 49ers have moved up. The Dolphins have moved down and, and then up, and the Eagles have moved down. So who else might be in the mix to move up for a quarterback? I guess the Patriots, the Steelers, I don't think have enough juice to get up here to the Bears football team. But are they willing to go that high? I guess that's what the question becomes. So there's some teams still available to move up, but I don't know if they, they're willing to go that high. For someone that's not going to be Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, and, and there, there are only going to be two quarterbacks left after the 49ers pick. So you'll be choosing between... Jones, Fields, and um, Trey Lance from picks four through wherever those guys end up going off the board. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine, or actually multiple friends of mine who are Panthers fans, texting and asking. Nice um, little brag, multiple friends. You don't think I have any friends? <laughs> That's weird. You, you made clear to say multiple, so we know that you have more than one. I have a lot of friends. That's what I'm saying. That's the humble brag. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> okay. So... 
I would I would just say that I think um you know when you when you look at when you when you look at what the Panthers are the Panthers are a team at eight that desperately wants a quarterback. If we assume the Falcons aren't going to take one, we know the Bengals won't take one. At this point, I think we have to know the Dolphins are not taking a quarterback. Otherwise, they would have stayed at three and taken their quarterback of choice. One would hope anyway. Um, and if so, if that's the case, then I think you have a uh, situation where. But who's at seven? Who am I missing? Lions. Lions could take a quarterback, right? They just redid Derek Goss deal to free up some money. I don't, I don't know what that means, but I don't know. Like, so yeah. the, the thinking for me on that Lions trade that um, you know was a swap of, of Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. When I'm looking at these deals on the surface, if Carolina offered number eight overall, and Detroit turned that down to take the the trade from Los Angeles, it suggests that Jared Goff actually has a little bit of value to Detroit. That's that was my interpretation of the situation. Then the then the Lions general manager comes out and says that taking a quarterback is certainly not off the table. So I think they're a team to watch. You've obviously got to watch Carolina and Denver uh, not far behind. Yeah. So if if you have the if you have the Lions are really the first team after the 49ers at three that could take a quarterback and then you have Carolina at eight. Is it, I mean, like if you're Carolina, do you feel maybe a, like better about this? Like you're guaranteed Justin Fields or Trey Lance at eight almost. I mean, certainly, you know, the, the Falcons, the Bengals, um, I would assume the dolphins aren't trading back down after doing it twice, but I guess anything is possible. And, and then the lions could all trade down and someone could leapfrog them. But by and large, I mean, if you have three quarterbacks locked into those top three spots, and again, these moves and the behavior of these teams would suggest that's what's going on, then it's, you know, it, it, all of a sudden it becomes, you know, you feel better about it if you're the Panthers or, or a team like the Lions that wants a quarterback. But you're also a little scared because anybody that wants Lance or Fields might be willing to come flying up the draft board and, and leapfrog you. Yeah, now that I think about it, I, I said earlier that I think this – you feel things you feel pretty comfortable in the top 10 pick, but maybe you don't because look initially when the Dolphins moved to 12, it's like, Oh, what are they trying to do other than say two is their guy? Maybe they'll just get a, a wide receiver or an offensive lineman at 12. But I think they just moved down because of all the picks they were getting. And I think saying that they're willing to move down again. I mean, they move back up. So you give you some pause. Maybe they want Jamar chase or, or Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts or someone, but they seem open to the idea. And if they're open to it, maybe that allows a, a window for, uh, the Patriots, football team, Bears, Steelers, one of those teams, if they want to get a quarterback to come flying up the board. But I think the Lions, if you're the Panthers, the team you're worried about are the Lions primarily. I don't know if the Dolphins will be inclined to keep moving around if they have someone in minus six. But the Lions are basically your only stumbling block. So you could sort of say that the Panthers are going to get one of the quarterbacks, whoever's left over out of Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and, and Trey Lance. So if they're indifferent between those guys, they should feel pretty good at eight because I don't think there are going to be two or three teams that are going to leapfrog them uh, and just because you run out of options and you know we've talked about the, the the Bengals almost certainly targeting an offensive tackle there and the Falcons I think the Falcons should probably get an offensive line but they could certainly take someone like Kyle Pitts as well all right uh we broke down the two trades there's a lot of fallout that's going to come out of it so let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll discuss what this might mean for the rest of the NFL okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, I mean, again, like there's a ton of fallout here. Uh, We haven't discussed the Eagles part. We haven't discussed the Eagles part. Good point. (laughs) Debo got his new headphones so he could talk about it. I know, but then he managed to mess up the audio anyway. Um, what do you, uh, for, before we get to the Eagles, what do, what do we think this means for Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he, I, is he, is he the, Adam Schefter tweeted from a San Francisco source that he, Jimmy's our guy this year. And that that's doesn't. That's like saying, who was who the quarterback that they said he's our quarterback right now? Who was Jared Goff. Oh, Jared Goff, Josh yeah. Rosen. I mean, anybody, <laughs> anybody, Josh is our guy. Jared is our quarterback right now. Um, it happens all the time. It's like, he's our quarterback right now. It's like, oh, he's toast. I mean, right. uh, Howie Roseman a few weeks ago said that, like, Carson Wentz is basically like a finger. Losing it would be like chopping off a finger or something ridiculous like that. None of any, anything that these guys say mean, means anything. I guess I'm wondering – does is that just complete BS, or do we think that's an indication they might be looking at more of a project quarterback like a Fields or a Lance? Well, I mean, this is smokescreen season, so I don't know what you can read into it. I, I think it means that um, they'll be willing to move on from Jimmy G, which seemed to be the sentiment long before we got to this point in the draft process. I think they they seem interested in trying to find a quarterback. Now, is there a suitor out there for Jimmy G? I would imagine there was because there was one for Jared Goff. I think Jimmy G is is probably slightly better than Jared Goff, but it, the, the differentiation isn't such that you know you're going crazy for one and not the other. I don't know if you get first round compensation for Jimmy G. I wouldn't do that, but it depends on how desperate the team is. So yeah, I think you're moving on. I don't think it necessarily means they're taking a, a quote unquote project. They're not. That doesn't mean slam dunk Trey Lance at number three because Jimmy G is their guy right now. They could very easily just take Mac Jones or, or Justin Fields as well. I just think that's part of the. We're trying to make this as hard for you to understand as possible. That's where we are in the, in the proceedings five weeks out from the draft. Yeah, you can't just say you're getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo because there goes all of your leverage. Um, if you're trying to get a good value in return, you know, you you have to be committed to him publicly. Um, at the same time, I mean, we all know he's going back to New England, right? Like, that's how this ends. Uh, probably. So Jimmy G, according to Mike, uh, Mike Lombardo, former... Um, Michael Lombardo, former GM, has a no trade clause. So, through only through 2021, though. Well, that's why I guess they said he'll be our quarterback <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, in other words, I guess, I mean, you could trade him after 2021, is my point. So, like, and he can't stop you from doing it. So, it's possible that you bring, look, maybe you draft Mac Jones and you still roll with Jimmy G for the first couple of games because you want to give Mac Jones time to get ready. I mean, it's not like Kyle Shanahan's system is very Mike, cool. By the way, sorry, Mike Lombardi. I think I called him Mike Lombardo. I, I think I said Lombardi. Okay. Kyle Shanahan's system is really, really friendly to quarterbacks, and they get the most out of out of their guys. But 
you like it's not like guys step in and just dominate out of the gates in a Kyle Shanahan system. You talk about veteran quarterbacks who usually operate in those systems. I know RG three had success, but that was a modified version of it. That was not a true Kyle Shanahan system. They they rigged up a, a read option style thing in order to make RG threes uh, you know transition to the NFL better. And and so but that I, was I, that was nine years ago. The offenses have evolved closer to what that was. That wasn't a thing at the time in the NFL. It felt like nine years later, I feel like um, those two things have come closer together. And Kyle Shanahan's, I mean, he's clearly a better coach than he was then. And he was really good then. So no, no, I know. I'm I'm saying that like I it wouldn't like I don't know that people are hearing the Jimmy G thing and assuming it means Fields or Lance. Gotcha. But maybe maybe you just want to give Mac Jones some extra time to get acclimated, and you roll Jimmy G out there for the first few weeks, see how he looks, and if Jimmy G's playing really well and you're winning games. You have Mac Jones in your back pocket, and you keep pressing with Jimmy G and seeing how you're going. Um, and then, and then at some point, you can decide. You know, we want to go with. Um, it, we either want to go with Mac Jones midseason because Jimmy G's not playing well, or Jimmy G takes you to the Super Bowl again, and you trade him next offseason for a first round pick. I mean, there's, there's, you know, they don't have to panic and trade him back to the Pats right now just because he's, just because they have. And Jimmy G's going to waive his no trade clause to go to New England too. By the way, I don't know. Like, first of all, if I'm the Pats, I'm not giving a first-round pick for Jimmy G. I might be inclined to just roll with Cam Newton or trade up for a quarterback. Like, Jimmy G doesn't get me going. Like, I don't I don't get the Jimmy G thing. Well, he knows the system, and what we've seen from New England this offseason is that they're going all in. Um, I expect that they're going all in with the intention of competing this year. So does Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that knows your system in and out, uh, give you a better chance to compete this year than a guy like Mac Jones. I mean, obviously Mac Jones is the better play long-term, but if you're looking at Bill Belichick and what he's done this offseason, um, you know, he's obviously upset with what happened in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady going on and winning a Super Bowl without him. Um, and he's got, he's got come out guns a-blazing and revamped this roster to the point where they're very much back in the mix uh, for contention this coming year. They just need that quarterback. So maybe maybe Garoppolo is that missing piece. Maybe. Hard, hard pass. All right, that's fine. I'm uh, as down on Jimmy G as Josh is on Mac Jones. Jeez, <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, the whole, but like the whole, the reason, all right, but back, the Mac Jones thing's at three. I, I don't, just to touch on it one more time, because we're talking about San Francisco, like he's such a high floor guy. It could, when I was thinking about it before, I thought Mac Jones made a lot of sense to the Niners at nine because, you know, Kyle Shanahan doesn't need some monster athlete in his system playing quarterback. He needs an above average athlete who makes smart decisions and is really accurate and can make the downfield throws when he needs. It's exactly what Mac Jones is. Mac Jones is a better Kirby Cousins. And that's no disrespect to Kirby Cousins. That's and, what's... No, it's not. And I told you on the on the podcast you and Josh and I did earlier that you look at the measurables and Mac Jones is right there with Baker Mayfield and uh, Patrick Mahomes is of the world. Even though you look at him, you're like, Oh my God, that guy, as you point out, Brinson is still in commercial real estate wearing khakis and loafers. He, he can't throw a football overhand. So Kirk Cousins, sneaky six, three, by the way, <laughs> you think about him, you think he's like six, one. Um, okay. So the Eagles trade from number six down to number 12. Uh, Debo, yo, <laughs> whoa, someone's just <laughs> pawing at the dirt. Come on in, come on in. Um, so Debo you know, had yeah. a good Debo had a good tweet about a this. great, great tweet. Doug Peterson and Nate Sudfeld got the Eagles an extra first rounder. 
Yeah, how about that, Ryan? After I, all, I, call, I gave you props on HQ. I, I called you out by name and said because uh, I didn't want to steal it. That that is actually right because I I did crap all over the Eagles in Week 17 because I had no idea what they were doing. Debo defended them from Jump Street, and it has has come to pay off for you. Yeah, you don't do this deal if you're if you're number nine. You're not getting a future <laughs> first rounder if you have number nine. You can make this deal happen because you have number six. So I have a couple thoughts on this. I I don't mind. You know, I think the the piece about them looking or exploring about Zach Wilson and moving up and they couldn't get that done. I'm glad that they weren't desperate like the 49ers. You know, hopefully you're not picking at six all that often. So you're not doing yourself justice if you don't explore all the options at number six or possibly moving up from that spot. That's a very, very valuable draft position. So, you know, Jalen Hurts was a second round pick. He was pretty good for two games. I think he sucked for two games, so I don't <laughs> mind that they explored selecting another quarterback. With with that being said, I don't mind that it's coming out and Jalen Hurts now knows this because I do think that he is better mentally equipped to handle adversity and, and doubters than Carson Wentz was, as we obviously saw last year. That doesn't take away from my love for Carson Wentz. I think they should have kept him. I think he's going to ball out in Indy. I think the Colts are very excited to have him. But I don't I don't mind any of that. I think moving forward, this just puts them in a good position. If Hertz isn't your guy, they have three first round picks next year. You know, I know the quarterback class, there's not a, a prize like Trevor Lawrence in 2022. It's it's Sam Howell, it's what Slovis from USC. I don't know the, the rest of the mix at this point. If if you have three first round picks, then maybe you're going after a guy if Hertz is bad. If Hertz is good this year, then you have three first round picks to help him out. I I like the move. I wouldn't. I wouldn't crap on Sam Howell. <laughs> Sam Howell's awesome, man. No, but he's not a once in a generation prospect like we've yeah. talked about Lawrence for three years, right? Yeah, uh, no, a, of course not. He's a gunslinger. I, I like him, but he, he he watching the other kids that are coming out this year play. He he makes a lot of crazy decisions. I mean, where would you have him in this draft class? Oh, I haven't watched enough of him to know. I wouldn't take him. Yeah, I wouldn't take him with the top five guys. Like he feels. No, I think he, he'd be top. Wait, oh, yeah, I guess he's no Mac Jones, but. <laughs> Listen, make up your mind. Are you on or off the bandwagon? You keep going back and forth. I'm on Mac Jones to San Francisco. But uh, Sam, just Sam how based on what I've seen, and I haven't watched him closely, just watching the wide receivers and the running backs. Um, probably a day two guy somewhere, but I don't know where. That's crazy. No, yeah. he's not a day two guy. Stop it. In this have year's class. Him? Have you watched him at all, Josh? Not enough to have a, a real yeah, strong opinion I'm just sort on of it. shooting in the dark. You've also right. got Oklahoma special I'll, rattler too, so. I'll bet you... And, if, um, I'll bet you any amount of money you want that if Sam Howell comes out next year, that he's a first round pick. Okay. Well, that's, that's all, that's all relative though, to the the rest of the quarterbacks in the class, like this year's draft class considered much stronger. If he was in this year's class, I don't know. He would be a first round pick. No, here, here's the yes, thing. This, this time last year, nobody knew Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or considered them to be taken this early. So there is still a lot of time for things to change around and for them, for some other quarterbacks to possibly, um, you know, elevate their stock and and really thrust themselves into the conversation. This I is mean, when you mentioned the Kentucky quarterback, Josh. We're waiting for it. <laughs> I don't uh, know about nobody knew Mac Jones, but I mean, like Mac Jones' stock no, he, wasn't he this high. On, he came on for Tua and everyone was worried about Tua. Like he played in the bowl games like, oh, they beat Michigan. Big deal. No one cares. Mac Jones was behind Jalen and behind Tua for the longest time. And they're like, oh, he's just a dude that, oh. you know. If we told Ryan this time last year that Mac Jones would be his number two quarterback, he would he would call himself crazy. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I was like already fast forwarding to 2022 in my head, where Wilson's like, "I 
why? And I'm like, I've been saying that for 12 no, months, damn it. I will give you full credit, but based on just like what I've seen watching the other players on that team, he, he made some crazy decisions at times. Just got bailed out by Elvis. Yeah, so, did, so did Patrick oh. Mahomes. Ryan, you have to remember that Will Brinson did have Jake Fromm as his number one quarterback <laughs> two years ago at this time in the same position that Sam Howell's in. Jake Fromm, by the way, who has the world's smallest hands for any NFL quarterback. There's sub nine. He there. didn't he didn't have the measurements at the time. He's he's off the hook. Oh, that's um, <laughs> but where where uh, where where did you have Jalen Hurts this time a year ago? I had him as a third Not the quarterback one of the Eagles. No, I had him as a third round pick. All right, this is all right, let's talk about the Eagles draft slot. Let's not talk about say about Carson Wentz derailed all of this. Um why? What do you mean Carson Wentz? What I don't know. Debo's yelling about Carson no, I'm, Wentz. I'm like, just talking about right? yeah, I, I gotta get over it at some point. I recognize that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, like we get it. You you broke I'm, up with you. He dumped I'm at, you. I'm at some stage of it. I don't know what stage it is, it's, but it's, I'm it's, I'm getting there. Give me give me a couple more months. But yeah, hopefully the Eagles don't have to to consider a quarterback next year with those those first round picks or that collection of first round picks but i think it's valuable i think at number 12 i would love josh and ryan's take uh, you know for me if they're on the board one of the alabama receivers it's going to stink to see jamar chase just have the best rookie wide receiver season ever and, and know that maybe we could get him could have gotten him at, at number six mm. i'm already kind of turning my mindset to uh landing one of those those alabama receivers or, or maybe it turns into a corner like Sertan or, or, or Farley or JC Horn at number 12. Yeah, I, I think so. Jamar Chase will probably be gone. That seems reasonable. I think Jalen Waddle might be gone. Josh and I were talking about that before we started the podcast, like Jalen Waddle going to the lions at seven certainly makes sense. Uh, or Jamar Chase going to the pick four to six. So then what? So, Oh, here's what I have. So in Monday's mock draft, another preview depot, I got the Eagles. So Kyle Pitts falls to the Eagles at 12, which would be awesome. Cause yep. having, that's not happening. Sign me it, up. It just depends. I mean, it's not Kyle Pitts is not falling to 12. I love that Brinson four hours away from the draft is laying down all these laws. Sam Howell's a first round pick. Kyle Pitts will not last this long. Three quarterbacks going to go in the top three picks. We know that already. Uh, another quarterback, possibly two more are going to go uh, before the Eagles get a chance to pick two wide receivers three or four offensive linemen. So there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance that Kyle Pitts slips. So if he does, if he's there at 12, God, I hope the Eagles take him there. But uh, I think Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, one of those guys will be there. And I feel like maybe Kyle Pitts has the best chance because the Broncos don't need a tight end. The Cowboys, would they take a tight end at 10, even though they have so many other needs? I mean, they took C.D. Lamb last year because he fell in their laps. The Giants can take him at 11, and that, that's legit uh, a landing spot. But they signed Kyle Rudolph, and they have huge needs along the offensive line. So, I mean, if I'm making odds for for Kyle Pitts lasting to 12, I'll say 40%. Does that seem too rich or, or not rich enough, Josh? I think that's fair. Um, no, it's, it's too high. It's too high. So when I when I scramble things up a little bit in the <laughs> post trade, oh, also hold on, oh, just just real quick. So Ryan, you're gonna do a new mock draft in a little bit, right? I already done the top 12 picks. I couldn't wait. I was so excited. I mean, have you turned it in or is it like just? I flooding? sent it to social. Jamie asked for it for social. Because oh. so so I, I, I looked up mock drafts and I was trying to find if anybody had done a new one since the trade stuff. And uh, Josh, Josh, Josh had, already has. So yeah. just wondering. I know. Clock's ticking. <laughs> Clock's ticking, Wilson. Josh is on your heels. Uh, but I mean, look, it, it's, it is possible that he could last that long. I just can't see. Um, the Dolphins, Lions, Panthers, 
The Dolphins could take him at six, but they have 27 tight ends on the roster. They like Gusecki, and sure. they, I mean, he's a playmaker, and that's what you need for Tua. So, I mean, that's all right, not, I, I, I'll, I'll give it to you. He, he could last. He could six last. isn't unreasonable. I mean, I, that, I thought about that. That's not unreasonable. For sure. I think the Panthers would take Pitts at, at eight. Gosh. But if Justin Fields is there, are you taking Justin Fields or Pitts? I would, I don't like Justin Fields, so I would take Pitts. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, I like, I don't think the Panthers have to take a quarterback. They don't. Oh, I mean, they, they've laid their cards out on the table, though, and said that they're in the market for a quarterback all offseason, <laughs> though. That's that's the only thing. Right. Um, but the, the issue here, the most interesting team now in the NFL draft is the Atlanta Falcons at number four, because if a quarterback goes there, suddenly we're talking about quarterbacks one, two, three, four. Um, and that player could be taken by Atlanta. It could also be the destination in a trade up. If it is the destination in a trade-up, one would assume that it's not going to be the Carolina Panthers because Atlanta's not going to give a franchise quarterback to the Carolina Panthers. So Correct. this is favorable for the Broncos if they potentially want to move up. Um, the Patriots, if they are truly going to be aggressive, then that's probably where they're going to have to go if they're going to solidify a quarterback in the first round. So the Falcons, I think, are suddenly the most interesting team in the draft in my eyes. I have a hard time calling the Falcons interesting, but uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the Falcons just always feel. And actually, I take it back. They have a whole they have a whole new front office. Like we don't know how Terry Fontenot's going to approach this this draft. I mean, I feel like if it was Thomas Dimitrov, it would almost be not too predictable. But it may, I guess it's a little bit different. So that so I'll give you that. Um, plus, as we pointed out, the Bengals probably not trading out of that six spot. Five. You know, like no way. Five spots, excuse me. Yeah, they're not going to move out of that five spot. They are getting Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater. Panay Sewell stay- is a absolute layup now. No one's trading up to four. Well, the Falcons could take him at four. They that so right. You, you but, feel pretty but, good about that. But if you're the Bengals, you were like, yes, you love these trades because that means you either you stand pat and you either get Panay Sewell in your lap or you take Rashawn Slater. I mean, it's, it it is it truly is a no brainer. I think, um, you know, like we said, the Dolphins are sort of a wild card there. Let me ask you this. Do you think that this trade with the 49ers means that the Deshaun Watt, we're just not going to see a Deshaun Watson trade? Um, oh, I was asked about this on radio. I was trying to think when I talked about it. I feel like that's almost been put on the back burner because of all the allegations, the lack of leverage that uh, Deshaun has now, the lack of trade value perceived anyway that he has. I just wonder if that's just going to be something that we sort out later, which is bad news for everyone involved, uh, assuming that the allegations aren't serious. And if they are serious, then it's going to even be a bigger issue for Deshaun Watson. Well, and the reason I ask is that, Josh, I feel like what the 49ers gave up to acquire this number three overall pick is basically the Deshaun Watson package. Well, Previously, I would have asked for a little bit more if I were Houston, but oh, no, three first and a third, and then oh, I'm still asking for more. Absolutely, yeah, I'm starting the conversation at four, maybe five first round picks because it's so tough to get a, a franchise quarterback. Um, you know, with everything going on now and the issues, you know, hanging over his head, I like like Ryan said, all of that is on the back burner now. I mean, there's there's so much to sort out with that situation that. Uh, it's it's tough to bank on any one of these teams possibly starting Deshaun Watson at, um, under center in week one. Sure, I I, I guess I, I I mean I guess my my point is that 
the 49ers were, maybe the Panthers are the only team left to try to pull it off and they might not have the ammo to do it. So maybe it looks like Deshaun Watson, if all of this is happening or is probably going to end up staying um, in, in Houston. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's just hard to imagine a, a possible other landing spot for him at, at, at this point. I'll add, I did one of the first things when I saw the Eagles trade was like, uh, are they stockpiling for Deshaun Watson? That that started to cross my mind. And that would be rich for me because I've called him um, the ninth quarterback I would take over the next five years, which, Ryan, now I have to bump him down one spot. I would take Sam Howell over the next five years instead of Deshaun Watson. Hey, look up, Brinson. Um, it's a two-second dunk. What's that about? I, I can't hear the dunks because of the headphone situation. I can't hear myself because Debo turned his mic back on. Um, just kidding. Uh, anything else? And what am I missing? Am I missing any other fallout? I mean, there's. It, it feels like there's going to be more, you know, repercussions coming from this, depending on, as you point out, Josh, the Falcons, what they decided to do. Uh, again, presumably, the Dolphins gave up another first-round pick to get to six. You yeah, have they- to assume. You have to assume they're staying there. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But they, I mean, they got an extra first rounder basically to move down three spots. The 49ers didn't need to go with that extra first rounder looking at the chart. But if you love someone, and again, when you're at the top eight picks, you're willing to to gamble a little more for those, uh, what you hope is going to be your franchise player. So I said, well, that, let me, let me and, 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 and by the way, that's another reason why you don't trade Jimmy Garoppolo if you're the 49ers. Because, well, what if you swap him for a first round pick? Well, that's a different ballgame. Sure. Uh, but my, they're, they're not getting a first round pick for Jimmy I don't Garoppolo. think so, but I mean, stranger things have happened. I, I just mean that the reason you don't trade Jimmy G is that you're giving up next year's first rounder. You don't want that to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. And by having Jimmy G, it gives you a better floor than you think moving forward. I I feel like Mac Jones wins more games for the 49ers than Jimmy G does. That's a hot take. Is it? Yeah. Then why are you trading up to three? Put anyone's name in there. Justin Fields. Trey Lance, maybe not. Jimmy Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Because of Jimmy G or because of the defense? I mean, he played fine. But okay. I, I'm just saying, you don't want to well, You don't want to start Nate Sudfeld or uh, uh, who, are, who are the 49ers back? I'm Nate Sudfeld nice. got the Eagles a first-round pick. Well, they <laughs> not Nate Sudfeld. God, who am I thinking of? Uh, t- t- you don't want to start all beat hard for 16, 14 games. Because, I, think, you know, I think Beathard just left, though. I think he signed somewhere else, didn't he? But that's my point, is you can draft a quarterback at three, but you don't want to force yourself into a rookie because you don't have Jimmy G, and all of a sudden you don't win, and you lose enough games where you have a top-ten pick. Give that's yourself weird, options. Weird Jimmy G flex. I will say this. These guys taking the first round, they're going to play next year, right or wrong. Like The most they're going to sit at the bench is a month, and then whatever reason, losing. That's what I said. So you keep Jimmy G around for that when you can trade him for, like I wouldn't give him more than a third-round pick for him. But, I mean, you bring back Jimmy G. You start him for the first month. If you're four and zero, guess what? You're going to keep starting him. Yeah. Tua Tagovailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick were like a word. <laughs> they were they were like two, uh, three and two. All right, this is ridiculous. Um, so many dunks. So any time. <laughs> anything else that you guys want to cover from this? I've got a statement and a question that I will end with. First of all, uh, this is reminiscent of 2018 when uh, the Jets moved up to number three overall a month before the draft. Oh, yes. Um, so at the time, they were obviously committed to the idea that they were going to get one of those top three quarterbacks, and they didn't care which one. Um, this is a similar situation with San Francisco. We don't know um, which quarterback is going to go there, but they are saying they are comfortable with the top three options. Um, now, the question I will pose to each of you 
Do you feel like this was done out of urgency? Do you feel like San Francisco knew that maybe there were some other teams interested in moving up and they felt like they had to overpay? Maybe that's why they did overpay. And this is the precursor to another move in the coming weeks. That's a great point. I would say two things. One, that the good call in the 2000 and was it 17 or 18 draft? 18, I think. 18, so that, 18 yeah, draft, yeah. yeah. Well, I I even written that down to make a point about it. And the Jets moved up knowing that at number two, the Giants could take a quarterback, but were pretty unlikely to take a quarterback because we knew how much Dave Gettleman right. loved Saquon Barkley. And the Jets, the, the Niners moved up knowing that the Jets are, you know, uh, likely to take a Zach Wilson. And to answer your question, yes, I think there was absolutely the Dolphins were and Jets have been getting peppered with interest from other teams. I'll go back to my the point I made for Monday's podcast that you won't be able to hear till Monday, but a lack of a combine maybe suppressed some of the rumors about all the teams scrambling, like get, going public, all the teams scrambling to try to get up to number two or number three. But I think absolutely, especially with this, these Deshaun Watson allegations, that it spurred a ton of interest in teams trying to make that move up the board in order to get the quarterback. And as such, we're, you know, that's why you see this thing, that tweet from Rap Sheet that, that Wilson points out where he said that, um, that the, you know, the Eagles wanted Zach Wilson at number three overall or number two, at number three overall, and then decided to, to make the move with the Dolphins. They called the Dolphins and we're like, hey, can we get, you know, this? And they're like, well, you know, Zach our intel says Zach Wilson's not going to be there. And that's when basically these dominoes unfolded. But because of the other quarterbacks out there, yes, I think that the Niners made that move out of necessity because of uh, interest from around the league. And I also think that there's a chance that Mac Jones has been getting steamed by other, by teams around the league. And that, you know, the Panthers are thinking like, Oh, he might be there for us at eight. Um, And the Niners, you know, were like, all right, He's not falling to us. If we want him, we got to go get him. Or maybe the same thing's true with Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields. Perhaps. That was that didn't really answer Josh's question, but I guess. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to answer Josh's question. Well, do you think there's some urgency? I mean, do you do you think we're done? Do you think we might see another trade uh leading up to the draft, whether that's the Falcons or maybe somebody getting up to number seven ahead of Carolina? Yeah, that 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 is that is the question, and um, you know I want to go back and sort of amend what I said earlier. I was so excited that I was like, "Oh, there's no way anyone else is trading it back up into the top ten. And I think as we sort of discussed, that feels like we're only part way through this. And I like Josh's conspiracy theory that maybe this is just the start of things, given that uh, the price was so steep for the 49ers and there was probably competition. And we heard the conversations from Rap Sheet that the Eagles perhaps wanted to go north before they decided to go south. So uh, I, I do think their teams – so let's see. The Patriots I've mentioned, football team, Bears, Steelers. Would you put the Raiders in there as a possible team that might trade up for a quarterback? Or, I mean, this is the guy – the same team where the guy cut all the offensive linemen and then kept them and traded them because why not? I wouldn't rule anything out, but I think it's unlikely. The Saints, I don't feel like we'll have the ammunition to trade up that far. But, I mean, I don't know. So there could be four or five, six teams. Fal- Falcons won't trade with the Saints. Although Terry Fontenot worked at the Saints, so I guess it's possible. Yeah, but I think Josh mentioned with the the other team in that division, that ain't going to happen. It's not likely, for sure. So so here's the other question, since we brought up 2018. 
Um, five quarterbacks taken in that first round with uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. Five quarterbacks likely to be taken in this year's draft with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Um, I think you both know where I'm going with this. At the end of the day, are you willing to bet that this class was better or worse than that 2018 draft class? I think they're going to be exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) So Josh Rosen bust. Baker Mayfield had a good first and third year. Second year is Freddie Kitchens effect, so we'll give him that. Lamar Jackson's been really good. Um, Josh Allen's been really good. Who's the other? Yeah, I mean, you have to get an MVP season from Josh Ro- Josh Rosen's the other guy. So I mentioned. Okay, so yeah, he's on some practice squad down. So I mean, you have to get two MVP caliber quarterbacks, a record-setting rookie who got oh, screwed by Freddie Kitchens, and then bounced back. So you're talking about three. And Sam Darnold. I forgot Sam Darnold, so I missed. And then, like, I still don't think Sam Darnold is completely toast. So I would say that I would ta- absolutely take um, 2018. I think I agree with that. Just because yeah. we don't, we have we have no idea, and we always like, talk these guys up. I mean, if if you ask me who the who which draft class is going to have the best quarterback, singular, I'll take uh, this year. Is that obvious? I don't know no, if that's it, obvious it is, anymore. It is not. Like, it's not. Oh, it's not obvious. But I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I would I would take right now if if I knew what I like if we could see into the past and somehow transport Josh Allen to this draft class. I'm taking Josh Allen over Trevor Lawrence because I know what that looks like. Trevor Lawrence is not guaranteed to be as good as Josh Allen over the first three years. Well, but that's I I feel like that's a little bit unfair, if only because. Well, yeah. here let me, let me explain why. Are you, so, like, do you get Josh Allen dropped into this perfect Bills infrastructure with a great coaching staff and developmental facilities? I mean, like. Uh, sure, if you want, but my point like is Trevor that, Lawrence would be awesome if the Bills drafted him. Well, just listen. Josh Allen came from a Wyoming program where he completed half his passes, and as Pete likes to say, Prisco, he was throwing to bartenders and bouncers. He's so an alpha. There's yeah, you had to figure out exactly how he's going to how he was going to project, and that was a tough one. Trevor Lawrence is playing with first, second, third, fourth round picks all day long, but there's still no guarantee. But I feel like I'm taking Josh Allen based on what if you know if that's what his first three years look like having no idea what Josh Allen's first three years look like. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm taking Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I still, I, I, I am not out on Baker at all. No, I don't think anyone is. I just said uh, there are a lot of people are. No, that was, that was tongue in cheek for sure. I mean, I would probably, you know, take a few other guys over him, but um, you know, I think Baker's a, a really good quarterback, especially in the system that he's in currently. So I thought and, that was an interesting conversation. By the way, Baker's not nearly as athletic as Mac Jones. We've established that too. So keep that. Going. I mean, is, is the third best quarterback in this draft class, whether it's Matt third best, whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, is that third best quarterback going to be as good as, as Baker Mayfield? You hope. I mean, that that's actually that's what I'm saying, but that's a pretty high floor. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Mac Jones, if you end up being Josh Rosen, I will come to your house and beat <laughs> you to death. <laughs> Jeez. Do not Threatening. Do <laughs> um, all right, that's it. That's the show. Emergency podcast time, as always, when breaking news happens. Thanks for jumping on, fellas. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.